You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, boys and girls. I have a lot to discuss tonight, and I am excited for you to hear it. We're going to discuss all kinds of topics that you just have burning urges in your loins to hear, such as me and Just James talk at length about abortion. Yes, that's right, abortion. Everybody loves to talk about abortion, so that's what we're doing. We're going to debate it. You're going to find out what I feel on the abortion topic as well as Just James. After that, Loremaster Alex and I talk vaccines. One of us is against it, one of us is for it. Find out who. Then later, my wife and I both vehemently argue religion and politics. That will be a nail-biter. Me and my wife really have diverging viewpoints on those two things, I suppose. And then, finally, we are going to discuss... No, wait a second. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. This is the wrong This is the wrong podcast. We're talking about Warhammer here. We don't discuss any of those things on the Pempcron Warhammer podcast. I thought this was the Pempcron Nobody Wants to Hear podcast, which some of you would still say this is. But you know what? Those people would be wrong. Because if nothing else, I have a fan in me. So tonight, here's the real agenda, because it does not, I assure you, does not involve the vaccine debate. I am going to be discussing... A message from a listener, Brandon, in the Tesseract mailbox, and he wants to hear more of my battle honors for my armies. And of course, I won't read all of them because it is literally three pages um, over the last years of battle honors, but two of them are even recent. One AOS, one 40K. And uh, Brandon has nice words to say about us. And just James and I discuss, well, here's an idea with a junkyard scenario. And you definitely want to hear that because it's a ton of fun. We've played this before. And Loremaster Alex joins me with, want that or want that not, the Kill Team's Tape Measure. Speaking of nail-biter episodes, this one is a doozy. You definitely want to hear our hot take on the new Kill Team's Tape Measure. I am later joined by Loremaster Alex again for the Real Talk with the Pimpcron discussing does 40k make a good rpg background now of course they've made rpgs on it but is it a good setting for rpgs we discuss that and finally the let's get brutal with the pimp crown talking about my free rules use your own models rpg light skirmish war game called brutality and we discuss the lore behind it so i think it's time for us to load up this podcast and Get it on the road. Thanks for listening, people. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. And this is the part of the episode where I read fan or foe mail. I like that a little better than the Tesseract mailbox, but you know what? Tesseract mailbox is now canon, official canon for the show, and I really can't change it at this point. So we'll stick with the Tesseract mailbox. Today, we have a letter from Brandon K., who is a listener of the show. I have slightly edited this message because some of it wasn't really pertinent for you guys listening to the show, so I'm not going to just bore you with other things that we were talking about. But Brandon K. writes, So I am quite enjoying your podcast. It's a nice break from sometimes mundane and dry, quote, personalities. 
one suggestion and a question. Suggestion would be more of the, quote, battle honors and, quote, epic tales of statistically impossible feats and funny moments. Also, I don't think you're going to find something you don't want in that want that or want that not segment. We love our plastics. Also, he's speaking about uh, brutality now. Also, you're dragging me into your game with such fervor. From the historic historically accurate lore, and he puts accurate in quotes because, you know, it's it's not actually historical, but whatever. It's the history of the lore, so there you go. The historically accurate lore to which is more applicable than people realize is the Facebook group where I will find the rules and map. I enjoy listening to the end of the podcast just to be updated. Will this be on display at Shorehammer? So many questions. Enjoy your day. Thanks for reuniting my passion in the hobby. Well, that it was that was a really great message, Brandon. I appreciate it. I appreciate it when people send me nice messages just as much as I get a kick out of the mean ones. But uh, when you meet a nice person in this business, it's always positive because, you know, there's some stinkers, especially in the Bellwall Souls comment section. That's a hive of scum and villainy if there ever was one, right? I'm looking at you, Ewan Smith. No, I'm just kidding. Ewan's all right. So I wanted to uh, answer his question about reading more battle honors for 40k and possibly Age of Sigmar. And I will go down the list and read just a couple more because I don't want to bore you all for the people that aren't interested in that. But he specifically asked for more of them. So let's take two of the most recent ones that uh, just happened to me. One was just last week with Age of Sigmar. My corn bloodbound aspiring deathbringer earned his name and his orc skull on his base, and his name is Null, K-N-O-L-L, by leading the army to victory and surviving three close combat rounds with four iron jaws brutes in close combat by himself. He lasted the final round with only one hit point the entire round. Meanwhile, he killed two of those brutes himself and kept the orcs from controlling the objective. I won 15 to 9 against David's Iron Jaws last uh, week, which was uh, September 12, 2018. And this is the very first battle honor I've ever gotten with my Corn Bloodbound because I don't play them very often. It's kind of a new army for me. So um, I have a whole backstory for that army, which I'm not going to get into because you'll probably be bored. But the point being is that I always lead it with an aspiring Deathbringer. And that's part of the lore. He's kind of a runt, etc., etc. So aspiring Deathbringers are not as good as some other things, in my opinion. They have a good command ability, but other than that... Um, so it was really cool that, you know, these Iron Jaws brutes are, you know, three wounds apiece, four up save, they get all kinds of attacks and minus uh, to their rend and all kinds of stuff. And he survived three full close combat rounds by himself. And the last one he survived with only one hit point the entire round. So that is, that was pretty amazing to me. I was, I was really excited. And that involved some six up saves, by the way. Um, I think it was six up saves. And uh, also... In um, October, I mean August 29th of this year, my Chaos Space Marine Sergeant earned his name and yellow purity seal for being the one to finally stop the rampaging of a paladin that was tearing through our army. Ulrich and three others shot the paladin, killing him, saving a nearly dead librarian, or a, a sorcerer, not librarian, and protecting the objective that ended up winning me the game. 
I won against TJ's Grey Knights nine to eight. So basically, uh, we had uh, with our Warp Talons. It was just a fun game. It was not competitive. With my Warp Talons, I was able to kill all but one of his Paladin squad. And we were up on this catwalk, um, which, which is where the objective was on top of this building. And Ulrich and his um, three other Space Marines were up guarding the objective. And we had a, uh, a sorcerer that was only down to one wound. And what they were able to do is shoot this paladin to death. Which is pretty amazing because they just had bolters. They didn't have anything special. And uh, he was going to... Uh, munch on our sorcerer and then he was going to take this objective because you know a paladin is quite a match for four regular chaos space marines and just that we killed all we took all three wounds off of him in one turn of shooting with bolter fire was freaking amazing now unfortunately the other three marines lost their lives during the battle and only sergeant ulrich lived to earn his name and his yellow purity seal. If you recall what I'd mentioned before about battle honors, I always take the I always paint their generic purity seals that come on the model with, you know, red wax like normal, and then I paint over them whenever they get something. So I know if any of my marines or even guardsmen have a purity seal that is not red, I know that's an actual battle honor for something. And it makes a nice little badge, which is pretty cool. Let's do hmm. Let's do another one. So Let's do this one. I have not pre-read this one, so let's see how it goes. This is March 2017, and it's my orc army. My orc boy, Burp, I, I name all my orc boys goofy names. So his name is Burp. He earned his name and his Ultramarines tattoo from a previously forgotten battle honor. But he earned his gear tattoo from running up fearlessly right into the thick of the enemy units to snag an objective from them using his objective secured. He was the only surviving member of his squad. He snagged the objective from a Sisters of Battle heavy weapon squad and was in the middle of them a Dune Crawler, a Sisters of Battle tank, and Admech Rangers. My Orcs and TJ's Grey Knights versus Christopher Tabor's Sisters of Battle and Andy's Admech. We won 7-4. to four. That is pretty amazing that he actually survived the rest of the game. That single Orc boy... In the middle of Sisters of Battle Heavy Weapon Squad, a Dune Crawler, a Sisters of Battle Tank, and Admech Rangers. That orc boy, Burp, really earned his name and his gear tattoo. Unfortunately, sometimes I give them, I, I mess up when I'm doing battle honors, and I uh, forget to, I, I give them the battle honor, and then I forget to write it down. That doesn't happen very often, but um, yeah, so he does, he already had an Ultramarines tattoo from something. And now he also has another tattoo. So for my orcs, I always, since they have so much skin on them, and I think it's kind of tribal, you know, to be giving tattoos, it seems like something orcs would do. So all of my orc badliners are usually uh, tattoos of some sort. And I'm having so much fun with this, I'm going to read another one. I apologize to anybody who is just com totally, totally uh, uh, bored by this. Here's another one. Imperial Guard. The three scout sentinels. Oh, okay, this is kind of silly. You know how boat fishermen, um, boat fishermen, as opposed to plane fishermen, <laughs> as opposed to motorcycle fishermen, boat fishermen named their boats after their wives or some lady in their life usually. So, you know, like, whatever, the, the Roxana or whatever. 
So I also decided to do that with my Scout Sentinels for Imperial Guard. This is back in August of 2016. And this, I'm not going in order for this. I'm just randomly picking them. Um, my Imperial Guard, the three Scout Sentinels named Billy Joe, Anne-Marie, and Susie May, earned their names and white skull icon on their chassis for single-handedly reinforcing the right flank of my army versus Death Watch. They came in from reserves and killed five Death Watch on an objective with their multi-lasers. When that unit was gone, they killed over half of another unit, keeping them from getting that objective. That was my guard versus James's Death Watch, and that's just James of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast fame, and that was against his Death Watch. I won. James conceded on turn three. The score was nine to four. Damn, Billy Joe, Anne Marie, and Susie May did a good job. So, um, let's do another one because, like I said, I'm having fun with this. Okay, so this is this is one of my <clears throat> one of my uh, custom armies. I play a Space Wolves army, but it's actually dwarves. I use Mantix uh, Forge Fathers as my Space Wolf dwarves, my uh, squats. So this is my squats. Gimli, haha, earned his name and his Admech gear on his base for being the lone survivor of his squad, which killed three Admech breachers, slayed the Warlord, destroyed a Dune Strider by himself after four rounds of combat, then contested the objective. My Dwarves versus Just James's Admech in February of 2016, I lost 7-1. to one. Ouch. I lost 7-1, to one, but Gimli earned his name and his Admech gear on his base for being such a badass. And, you know, if, if you're going to name a Dwarf for something amazing, you should probably just name him Gimli. Um, if not... Uh, Gotrex would be another one. That's from Warhammer Fantasy. Um, let's do this. Oh, another one of my custom armies. And this is the last one. I don't want you guys to get bored, and I've ran on long enough for this. So let me read another custom one of my armies. So I think I've discussed in a previous podcast that um, in addition to my uh, my dwarves that are really space wolves, I also have an all-vampire, a sci-fi vampire army that is actually Dark Eldar. And they're just painted red and have pale skin and, and whatever. So, otherwise, they're just regular uh, Dark Eldar. So, these are my vampires. This is back in 2015. And you know what? This is another game with James. Damn it. You know what? I'm going to pick somebody else. Hold on a second. Um, this is against David's Orcs. David's Orcs. Hmm. There's James... Hmm. Versus Matt's Chaos. Let's do this. My Chaos Space Marines, Apothecary, Quinn, which um in my Chaos Space Marines, the Apothecary, uh, obviously they don't have an Apothecary. It was my person in my Slanesh unit that would carry the banner, uh, the Icon of Excess, which would give them Feel No Pain. And that's in a previous edition, obviously, not now. And uh, so I used an Apothecary model and pretended like he literally was an Apothecary and gave them Feel No Pain. So he, yeah, he's on a bike, I thought so. This is back in 2015. Chaos Space Marines Apothecary Quinn earned his name and golden emblem on the right side of his bike's front tire for surviving three turns of close combat as a Chaos Lord, Chaos Spawn, Possessed, and a Demon Prince assaulted his unit. In one turn, he made 11 3-up saves. <laughs> 
<laughs> he held them long enough for aid to come help finish off the army. Uh, finish off the enemy. 5,000 point APOC game versus Just James and Mr. Matt's Chaos Army. So, there you go. Now, I promise, I do play other people than James. On this list, I'm looking at Brent. I see a Derek. There's two Tims. Um, another Alex. Not Loremaster, another Alex. So, I pro it was Chris. So, I promise, I do play other people. I was just randomly kept picking James for some reason. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. I really enjoy reading these. I come back every once in a while and uh, look through these just to, you know, hear what... Uh, hear what cool stuff had happened. And like I said, just recently, I added two more to the list with my Bloodbound and my Chaos Space Marines. The other part of his article said that he really enjoyed listening about the brutality lore. And that's exactly what I was hoping would happen when, with uh, you guys listening to that segment each show. And I don't want to bore you, like I said before, with my brutality nonsense, but I really do enjoy the game. The game is nigh unbreakable and nigh uncheesable. And I really love it. It's my passion. So I hope you guys give it a chance. And if not, at least I'm telling you some hopefully interesting stories about the world that I have spent years making. Anyway, thank you for the message, Brandon. I appreciate it. Uh, he contacted me through Facebook on my Pimpcron Facebook page. And you guys can contact me at gmail.com. So that's pimpcron at gmail.com. And that is uh, facebook.com slash pimpcron. And there's also the uh, phone number, which is in the show notes, and you can leave me a voicemail. Hopefully it's not just farts like last week. And that is about it. So, toodles. Want that or want that not? And we are back. This is the Pimpcron. Wait, 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 wait. We're seriously doing this? Yes, we're doing this. <laughs> we're doing Damn it, it live? We're doing it live! <laughs> Door alarm! This shit sucks. Okay, so this is a want that, want that not special edition. Scraping bottom of the barrel edition. No, this yeah. is not. I've got plenty of things to choose from. I just feel like this would be an interesting time to talk about something that is near and dear to me. And what's that? Numbers and distances. <laughs> <laughs> and measuring them? And measuring them, exactly. Do you get, do you get a halfy? How do you know how many numbers or distances you have unless you measure them? Or you can measure how far away your fucks to give are. No. No, listen. So <laughs> we're talking about the Kill Team tape measure today. <laughs> and by the way... Just... <laughs> so Loremaster Alex just killed himself. And uh, he, he... Hey, how you doing? Hey, oh, I oh. have drug him into this... Want that or want that not? Kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming. He is so not happy to be here right now. So I mean, I'm still butt mad about the Adeptus Titanicus. So. Yes, he's still mad about that. So this is um this was featured under the new releases, and this is a kill team <laughs> tape measure, right? All right. It's apparently got the kill team logo on it. Look at that. Okay, that features okay. that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one thing. What? I actually really do like that logo. It reminds me of something like you would see like in an Imperial Guard regiment. Like a Delta Force kinda. Like I would love to see that on like one of my Imperial Guardsmen banners. Yeah. Like that I will I'll give you that. Okay. Everything else can go jump off a fucking bridge. Okay, so what I like about this, my favorite part I think, is that they have um uh the numbers that we use 
for measuring things. Like, there's no letters on here. There's no letters. <laughs> I'm just saying, I really appreciate, I thought it was an, uh, a keen design feature to put numbers on it. If you'll notice, there's all these marks on the tape. You can use and it to the, measure your coffin, the, the, you son of a bitch. <laughs> the all right, bear with me. Bear with me, okay? So this is, you know, they always say that when you want a job as like a salesman, they'll like, here, sell me this pen, right? Here. This is my no, attempt no, no, at selling this, this pen. Pause this for a second. Get me a pen. I'm going to show you how to sell a pen. No, 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 no. This is, we're in the middle of want that or want that not. So this tape measure, okay? Uh -huh. I thought it was a really neat design uh, choice to include numbers and equally spaced lines on it so that we can tell how far things are. And I don't know what unit this is. This could be in... I can't take you seriously. Um, <laughs> I want I, you to know that. I don't I understand. What's your problem? Okay. It's this a tape is, measure. It, this is a... Well, n okay. This is where I'm going to correct you. This is a kill team tape measure. Okay. Well, you're going to be shit blood. <laughs> like, you are literally... I'm feeling okay, the so, rager come back. All right. On. All right. So... Do you know, do you even know how long the state measure goes? Long enough for me to hang myself with No, it. It, it, it's only 10 feet, but really that's all you need because... What, they... to hang myself? You're right. You're right. You're absolutely, positively right. Just, just bear with me, okay? This tape measure is only $8. It's yours for only $8. That's great. I, I Then I can take it, throw it at somebody for $8, and go buy one for a dollar at Lowe's. Okay, yeah, you can buy cheaper tape measures. But $8, honestly, for tape measure... I mean, and let me tell you something. The last okay. time I bought a Games Workshop tape measure, that little metal thing at the end... Broke off. Snapped off and hit somebody in the head. Yeah, um... Uh, yeah, now I will say this is a much better design than, do you remember that skull, servitor, servo skull? I still skull? have the skull. You still have that? That I did not like at all. Yeah, no, that's was... the thing that snapped off and hit somebody. Oh, is that the one? Yeah. Because you had the H.S. Sigmar one too, didn't you? you I still, still have, have that, that one. one. That yeah. one is fine. And yeah. I actually spent the money on that one because it's a nice design and it's pretty. This is pointless. Uh... No, there's a point to it. It actually, if you'll see this... Yeah, milk, this, you, milk you for $8 that you didn't intend no, on No, listen, listen, this is a perfectly good point. See, this spools up in the middle, and it conveniently rolls Just up like in your hand. Just like my rage? Yeah. And Just you, like my rage. And you pull it out, and then you can see, you compare the... You put one end of this tape type up my ass. thing at the end of something and you stretch it out to the other side and then you count how many spaces like my are emotions there. yes <laughs> and see this number right here see that's like a two we'll say that's a two i'm that's so two hostile inches. right now i want you to realize that like i am so Why? hostile Why? i totally you. want to do a tongue-in-cheek review of this kill team tape measure which was listed as a new release yeah well there's not enough base in the house for me to do for me to want to do this what i don't understand look do you all see right, that just give me a second let me get the spoon out all right okay hold on hold on so um i thought it was really neat idea that they put a screw right there to hold the two halves of the tape measure together. Yeah, and I'm going to use that screw to bore it through my freaking temple. Now, what do you think that button's for? What's that button for? For you to push mine. Do you okay, after a quick break, <coughs> I... <laughs> the Mar Master is now taped up. And uh, do I want that or want that not? Uh, I say no because it's just a tape measure and I can get it cheaper elsewhere and I already own tape measures. What do you say about... <coughs> I think that's a no. Good day, all. Now, here's an idea. Hello again, it's the Pimpcron. I'm joined today by Just James. Hello. Hello. And all the audience says hello as well. 
Today, we will be talking about, well, really reminiscing about one of our favorite missions that we came up with and played together years ago. How many years ago do you think it was? Uh, it's probably two, three years ago. Something like that. And it all started because you wanted to play a bunch of different vehicles, specifically walkers, from several different races. Yeah. Uh, I like to do, I like to call it vehicle challenge, but this was a different variation of the vehicle challenge. So normally your vehicle challenge is what? It's all mostly non-walker vehicles, and I just throw them on the board, and then usually people make their list, because I tell them that it's vehicles, and they make their list to kill the vehicles. Uh, But for this mission, uh, uh, we specifically did, I did all walkers. And we wanted to actually add a story to it where um, my walkers were, it was like a big junkyard and there was like some, some minor race, uh, don't really know what it was, that uh, captured these uh, walkers. You know, they could have been left over from war or they could have just stolen it from the army when they weren't looking. Mm-hmm. Uh and so they kept them in their junkyard. Well, you were playing, I believe it was Space Marines. Yeah. And so you, I had one of your, uh, I can't remember if it was a Rhino or, or Land Raider. I think it was a Rhino. So I had one of those in my deployment zone. And I we had like this kind of a fence in the middle of the board. Well, remember, we were playing long ways, so yeah, it was yeah. in the middle of the board. Yeah, we were playing long ways, and uh, I I had some vehicles that, were, that weren't that were active, uh, that were just, you know, terrain, t- line of sight uh, blocking terrain. To make it look more like a junkyard. Yes. Yeah. And so, as you were coming in with your force, they started getting into the walkers, and moving them and, you know, activating them to defend their junkyard against uh, your army. What I really like about this, though, is that, you know, we always talk about the major factions in 40K. It's always Eldar this or Tal that or whatever. These, yeah. you know, multi-galaxy spanning armies. Yeah. And But what we never talk about is, like, the smaller races. You know there is some sort of, like, pack rat. Oh, yeah, there's got to be something s- smaller scavenging kind of you know yeah. and they sell parts or weapons they find on battlefields or or whatever um so i really like this idea we never named the race we never had any models for the race you just started activating your you know so basically just james made his list using these vehicles and we knew which vehicles were just going to be terrain and which ones were not going to be terrain yeah. and the real main objective was for you to stop me from getting to the rhino yep and the rhino was all the way in the back of your backfield <laughs> And um, it was it was a lot of fun. Other than that, it was really just a normal game because we played with points. I mean, we had the same number of points in our lists and, and things like that. But um, I remember we had all kinds of like Eldar, you know, um, uh, what's it called? Wave, um, wave serpents. Yeah, wave serpents. I think also falcons. Yep, and land raiders and all kinds of other like junkyard yeah, stuff. we had vehicles, but they were inactive. They were just the terrain. Yeah, you couldn't quote unquote hop inside those. Yeah, we, and I was just running... Uh, walkers like dreadnoughts, death dreads, uh, the morcanaut, the morcanaut, um, other walkers that I can't think of right now. <laughs> um, 
so that was a lot of fun, and I would suggest that. That is, um, doesn't take much tweaking, really. I mean, you just make your list, but it's all vehicles. But I really thought it was a really interesting idea that, you know, the uh, Chapter Master's iPod or something was stuck in that Rhino, and they're like, <laughs> we're going to get that back. And uh, so then, of course, you, you make your little team, and they're going to infiltrate. But um, part of the allure for that mission for me was the terrain, because like Just James said, is that halfway across the board, because we were playing long ways, was like this, it wasn't, um, it was Stonewall, but it was like, kind of like you'd imagine a junkyard on Earth, where, you know, it's all fenced in, Yeah. And you, you just, not everybody can get in, there was only two entrances. Yeah, there was only two entrances. Yeah, and that that was a, a lot of fun, so I would definitely suggest that, we actually need to play that again, because yeah, I thought, I would like to do that. I've thought about that a lot since S- we've done it. Especially in the 8th edition. Yes, uh, actually, that probably would make your list better, because of no crew shaking, crew stun nonsense. Uh, yeah, but I think vehicles, I don't think I would have as much vehicles as you would with how vehicles are costed in this game, their points-wise. Yeah, yeah, and I would also, I don't recall if I did it last time or not, but I would really like to have the captain come in. You know, like, he's leading the force, because he's like, I want my whatever, you know, yeah. diary on there right now. It's got all my prayers to the emperor in it. So, uh, anyway, that is, uh, here's an idea for this week. And I hope you try it out because it's very, very simple to implement. And it's not like a ton of rules changes or anything like that, but it's a lot of fun. Bye. Honey, the dishwasher's acting up again. Not again. I guess I'll have to work on it. No, not this time. My friend Janice just told me that joining the Pimpron Dynasty on Patreon fixed her hot water heater in only 30 minutes. Simply go to Patreon and pledge money to the almighty Cron, and all your plumbing troubles will disappear. Pledge to Pimpron when you're at your home, but if it's plumbing trouble, then you're on your own. Support the Pimpron! Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimp Cron. Hey y'all, it's the Pimp Cron. This is Real Talk with the Pimp Cron. Today I am joined by my dearest, dearest stalker, Laura Master Alex. Hey guys, how we doing? They are doing good. Trust me, they are. Um, so today you wanted to bring up a topic for us to talk about yeah you know i play a lot of role-playing games i love DD, Shadowrun, gurps all that stuff and um one of the big things i started noticing was the fantasy flight role-playing games death watch dark heresy only war dark mm-hmm. black crusade um and that's what i wanted to talk to you about and get your thoughts on is do you think that the warhammer universe is a good universe for role-playing games Okay, um, so my first, my gut reaction is it's a pretty cool universe for RPGs. Agreed. But, like, the first thing that comes to mind is, like, oh, playing as a space marine, and that does not interest me at all. Yeah, I really feel like that's very much a point-and-kill adventure. Yeah, you you're, you, you're just, just go ahead and start yourself out at level 15 and have all the best equipment, and then play the game. Like, that doesn't interest me at all. Yeah. But, um, what if you were somebody weaker? Yeah. Well, like, uh, also look at Rogue Trader. I'm, I, I played Rogue Trader. I was not a big fan of Rogue Trader because with Rogue Trader, you know, these guys, you get carte blanche to do a lot of stuff, you know? Now, so for those that don't know, Rogue Traders 
are what merchants that have their own ship and go out and um, they're basically chartered by the Imperium to go trade. Yeah, find supplies, uh, artifacts, you know, transport inquisitors. But they're regular people. Yeah. They... So, so I could see how that would be a fun thing to do. Yeah, I would say so. Um, the only problem is, is that in the role playing game book, they basically make it that you have to complete missions. It's not free roam. Oh. Um. What? But if you have a really good DM, you can get away with doing a free roam. But that's where my thoughts come into this is that, yeah, it's a great system. It's a great universe, I think. And I think Fantasy Flight has a great system using the percentile system. But it really comes down to how good of a DM you can find. So the first thing that when I think of Rogue Trader, if you were playing that type of RPG, um, would be Firefly. would be the yeah. first thing that comes to mind. You know, you're hopping from mission to mission trying to make money. And, and you know, it'd be neat if even if you had like a uh, like a budget. Like, hey, fuel's going to cost us X amount, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're trying to meet that quota every month. That'd be cool. I agree. And what makes me sad is, is that if you look at the Rogue Trader lore, that these Rogue Traders are usually part of huge houses. Oh, really? And like merchant guilds and clans. So money's never really a big issue, which I think sucks because... I would want it to be like, oh, you know, if you're going to role play it, be like, oh, you're a fledgling merchant house. Yeah. Or like you could even say to kind of make it more interesting, you'd be like, oh, well, your merchant house was uh, believed to be harboring heretics and the Inquisition came down on you hard. Mm -hmm. A lot of assets were seized. Family members were executed or tortured into into traitors. Nice. Um, And now because you're like one of the few remaining members of this merchant house, you are trying to rebuild the merchant house. So yeah, money is an issue for you. Yeah. But the problem is, is that there is no system to take an account currency in the game. So you'd be forced to maybe use another 100 percentile system that uses currency to supplement that. Wait a second. They don't use money? No, they don't use money. It's actually, there's a table for it. It's where you are in the galaxy, how good your resources are, um, yeah, you know, the size of your merchant guild, and then you basically roll a percentile to determine whether or not you successfully resource that item. Eh. So what exactly is capitalism without cash? Yeah, right? I mean, so, like, I'm a merchant, but... Mm, well, I thought the Imperium did use some sort of currency. They don't? Oh, yeah, they do. They have they have their, their currency. I think they call it thrones. Hmm. Uh, and there is, like, they say, like, oh, you just assume that you're paid thrones. Hmm. You know what I mean? But they don't really take into account every cent, every nickel and dime, which I think I is think, unfair. Yeah, I don't I don't like that at all. Um, so, but we're slightly getting too distracted with just rogue trader-esque stuff. So, yeah, what, you know, part, part of my issue with playing in this world is that I would be interested in playing like, you know, like D&D, you have a group of people that are different races and different species or whatever, and... This, at least from the tabletop standpoint, everything is so uh, uh, polarized. So yeah. you never see a Tau and a Guardsman, you know, fighting together or anything. Maybe their armies are fighting together, but they are not fighting together as like a cohesive, you know. Then again, that comes back to being able to have a really good DM, in my opinion. Like, take, for example, I don't know if any of you guys have heard of what they call the All Guardsmen group. 
but no. it's uh, basically on 4chan's uh, role-playing game section. I think it's called 1D4chan. Don't, it is. Don't tear me apart. It is. Um, internet for not knowing that, but Scott is, or Pimp Cron is correcting me on that. That's right. Uh, so the, the All Guardsmen group is basically a group of guys who all rolled guardsmen in only war. And their DM made them basically build an entire regiment and make an entire regiment list of characters. Oh, God. And then threw the regiment through a meat grinder. And out of the, like, 2,000 characters they created, only 47 survived. That just seems arduous. And then they started playing Dark Heresy, which is the Inquisition henchman book. Okay. Basically, you all play interrogators or, you know, inquisitorial goon squad. And then their antics ensue because I feel that their DM is able to kind of work with the group and create these great scenarios where, sure, money's not that big a deal, but they still find themselves in hair-raising situations. Take, for example, their ship that they were sent to source called the Occurrence Border is a basically a hulking wreckage of a ship. It's like 10,000 years old. Mm-hmm. It's pre-heresy. Um there's some sections that are just completely unable to, you know, hold atmosphere. Uh-huh. It's infected with chaos, warp taint. It's got a bunch of, like, little warp drives that are protecting it from being torn apart from chaos. And while in transit, one of those Geller fields begins to fail. Hmm. So they have to deal with, like, crazy chaos uh, incursions and things like that that are happening. That's interesting. Um. So, you know, another thing, too, is that we know so little about other races. Like, let's say you let's say our group wanted to play as Tau. Yeah, we want to be in the Firecast system or whatever. And we know so little about their day to day life. It seems like the Imperium is so much better fleshed out than any other race Mm -hmm. that it's kind of you'd be fudging a lot of it trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's where I, I jump in and go, well, if you know the lore like me. Mm-hmm. It's easy to kind of co-op that and fix that. Um, also, if you look back at some of the older books, there are a lot of sections where they talk about Tau life. Hmm. And what's Is there anything like thug life? Yeah. <laughs> Tug life. Um, <laughs> yo, Monkai, you coming in the wrong hood. <laughs> no, um, I just imagine a power suit aiming its gun sideways. Your ethereal's a little bitch. Yeah. Oh, he's got the plasma carbine to aim to the side. It's a kill shot. <laughs> No, um, <laughs> they're in their devil fish and it's going up and down. Hydraulics. Hydraulics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, jeez Louise. But I mean, we derailed this conversation. I know. Right. But here's the thing in the lore, there are actual planets where Imperium and Tau actually live together on planet. Really? But it's very much a strenuous thing where it's like, the Imperium refuses to acknowledge that there are Tau on the planet. Hmm. And the Tau are just like, well, they're not killing us, so I guess they're okay humans. <laughs> um, well, okay, so th- there's a couple things that strike me immediately when you talk about a 40k-based RPG, and there's a couple things that would really excite me, at least at first glance. Yeah. Like, if you were like a guard, let's say you're... Uh, RPG group was like uh, guardsmen, which each had let's say a specialty. One's heavy weapons, one's a medic, etc., etc. And you guys get left like on a battlefield after a battle. Like let's say a wall falls on you or something, and you're fighting tyranids or orcs or whatever, and it ends up being a wipe. 
and maybe not Tyranids would be too hard to survive, but like Chaos or Orcs or something. Yeah. And they wipe all the Astromilitarum around you and then move on. Like the battle, you're behind enemy lines and you guys have to try to make it to like the next city where the guard is still there. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, and if you wanted to extend it, you could be like, oh, you guys make it just as the guardsmen are pulling out of the city. So now yes. you gotta keep chasing after them, you know? Yeah, and then trying to sneak around enemies, trying to, you know, forge food from the enemy. Yeah. Um, which doesn't make sense if it was Tyranids, because you'd be, like, slurping up bio sludge, but... Which is gross. Yeah. And heretical. Yeah. But, That's um... how gene stealer cults are made. Is that what you want? <laughs> you want gene stealers? That's how we get gene stealers. <laughs> um... So that's that would be pretty interesting. Also, I was thinking, what if you played just... And now this might be more boring than I think it is in my head, but what if you played civilians in a city, kind of like... um, uh, What's that What's that video game about um, the war... Um, oh, come on. Help me here. The war... Oh, damn. Um, Matt, Matt loves the game. Um, this War of Mine. This War of Mine. Oh, this War of Mine. And so if you play like a This War of Mine set in Warhammer 40k, during, let's say, an orc invasion. Or a Necron invasion. Necrons or anything, and you guys are literally like a, you know, you're in between the two forces. Like, so let's say Space Marines come down, Imperial Guard comes down, the Necrons are rising out of the ground, and there's all this crossfire fighting, and you don't even fight. And you're just trying to bob and weave carrying a loaf of (laughs) bread that you sourced. (laughs) That could actually be a lot of fun. I could see that actually being a whole heck of a lot of fun. And then, like, running into mutants and stuff like yes. that, too, from the Underhive. I mean, that that would be awesome. Not to mention, what about after it all survives? Let's say you play a couple campaigns and, and you manage to survive through this whole ordeal and they beat the Necrons. Then the Inquisition comes down. Oh, Christ. And wants to, you know, like, I just, that would pretty pretty much excite me. Well, I definitely would recommend to anybody, if you have a chance, that if you want to see a good RPG like playthrough of the Dark Heresy system, uh-huh. I recommend checking out a guy called the Neckbeard Cave. He's on YouTube. That's promising. I know. He does a lot of stuff. Like he posts stuff about 4chan and some of the dumb stuff they do. I just it just but, drives but, me but, up but, the but, wall but, 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 when but, people but. have a stupid pen name or I know. a stupid online name. God. PimpCon? Really? <laughs> really? That, We're was, doing my, this right that now? was my point. Okay. I don't mean to derail you. Sorry, Neckbeard something? Yeah, the Neckbeard Cave is his name. Okay. Uh, he does the All Guardsmen group, and he basically does read-throughs of like their adventures. Oh. And some of the stories are like three-hour-long adventures, but it's definitely something I would recommend listening to if you're like just driving or working on something and you want to listen to something pretty hilarious with some of the stuff that these dudes get themselves into. So is it also video of them playing or is it just audio? Just audio. It's basically what he's doing is he's cutting and pasting the image of 1D4chan's thread where they're talking about it. Oh, okay. And he actually, because he's got like probably one of the most gruffest English accents you could possibly imagine. Mm Mm-hmm. It basically sounds like he mouthed uh, sex the can of helium while chewing on marbles. Oh. So what he does is he actually uses Microsoft Sam speak. Sam speak is like that computer? Yeah, Microsoft oh. Sam to do the voice for his uh for, for the narration, which I thought was pretty interesting. That is pretty interesting. That yeah. sounds that sounds like a neat uh neat idea. Yeah. So so all in all, um as long as you're not playing Space Marines and you have a good DM and you have a good DM, I think it's definitely doable. I think there's plenty to do there. Yeah. But I think I would personally want to be more freeform, like be a rogue trader or 
something like that. Now, there was also the Death Watch RPG. But once again, you're a space marine. Like, I just think, I don't know, that's so overdone and... I feel like with any of these game systems that that uh, Fantasy Flight has created, I feel like you have to combine books. You have to use different sources to make it an effective system. Mm-hmm. Like, like you could be like, oh, you're Death Watch who have come to exterminate a Tyranid invasion or a Tyranid uh, infestation in a hive. Mm-hmm. Well, you crack open the Black uh, Black Crusade uh, booklet, and then you can start adding cultists. Uh huh. And then you could make it like then you start doing political stuff with it or this and that. But the problem is, is that if you run like six guys all as space marines, they are literally going to gun their way through everything you come across. I don't know. You know what? After bashing space marines so much, it actually might be pretty cool to be some badass, yeah, seven foot tall space marine. I feel and... like it would be fun for one sitting. But yeah. doing it like how we do our role playing games, where it's yeah. like once a week. Yeah. I feel like eventually you would either run out of steam, get bored, or just come out come out of ideas. I think it maybe if you kept it with a very tactical, you know, like you know, just like in real life, they have their goals, they have their mission, they have their mission plan, all of that. If you did every session like that, so it's like your characters don't have free form to go do what they want and interrogate who they want. Yeah. But if you literally treated it like you gave each player a rank and there was a hierarchy for the players. Yeah. And you have to listen to the other player that outranks you. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome. And think about that. Matter of fact, that's one of the things, and I I, I hate to go back to him again, but the Neckbeard Cave stories, one of the characters is actually a sergeant. And he becomes the an interrogator, which is like a basically an inquisitor in training. Uh. And he is the commanding officer for the other characters who were guardsmen. So when he says something, the other guys have to do the it. other guys not really have to do it, but they jump too. That's of, pretty interesting, you know. But then they've got all these other characters like Nubby, who is like unhygienic and he's a criminal. Like he steals shit constantly. <laughs> he's mistaken for a rattling on multiple occasions. Oh gosh. Then there's Twitch who's like super paranoid and placing tripwire mines everywhere. <laughs> that sounds pretty interesting. I might check that out. I would definitely recommend it. So all in all, what do you think? I, th- I would say yes, but there are a lot of variables. I still think that you can do a system with it, but you got to have yourself a Kraken DM who is able to handle that kind of a universe, which is hard to find, I'll be honest. Okay, okay, I've had another thought now. Okay. Um, what if you guys play as chaos cultists trying to take over a planet from the Imperium? Now that would be a fun campaign. That would be awesome. That would like, be like it's like a it's like a lawful evil campaign, if yes, you think about it in D and D. And you're trying to like, you know, you got your little secret altar, like your Prandazine or whatever. Yeah, and then all of a sudden a fucking uh, a missionary comes in. Yes. Like, oh God, now we gotta either kill them or turn them. Dude, that would be think about that, like the, the logistics of trying to make contacts in the city, right? Like right. the governor or the whatever. And trying to literally plan taking over a city. Yeah. In the name of Zinch or Corn or whoever. Man, that would be awesome. What what if like you find out about some secret um thing underground, like some altar or something? Yeah. And you'd be able to like raise a demon or now we all know what happens to cultists when demons get to them. Like it's the same thing with Gene Steeler cult. Yeah, you know, eventually the... they become monsters. Oh yeah, well they get eaten or whatever. Yeah. Like it's you know, so that's it's kind of one of those things that um uh, like I read a story about Gene Steeler cult and the Magus, you know, like the um, it may not have been the Magus, but it was one of the cult leaders. And yeah. um, 
you know, he's like so excited for the Tyranids to show up because, you know, he they worship the gene stealers. He's part of a gene stealer and he thinks the Tyranids are his bros. And when he gets and when there, they, the gene stealers just eat him. Yes, and they just eat him. And yeah. it is is so funny. And I'm thinking that would be that would be such a neat like you're going into this as a player knowing that if you succeed in this campaign, you're, you're gonna going to be die. Eaten. Yeah. <laughs> that actually would be pretty fun. So the more I think about this, actually, I just had an idea. What? So like you run an inquisition team, right? Uh-huh. And if you really want to be a space Marine, sure. Let at least one of your players be a space Marine. You could be a death watch Marine, right? Mm-hmm. And then send them to a world where it's like Tau and, <laughs> and guard and, uh, Imperial, uh, guardsmen or Imperium, uh, citizens living together. Uh-huh. So it's like, you really can't go around just kicking in doors, <laughs> waving the four, four. So it's like you it's like you just see these in, these inquisitors like asking and like they're in disguise trying to communicate and you just have this seven foot tall demigod <laughs> with a bed sheet over him just walking around <laughs> like who is that? It's our cousin. That's four people in a trench coat. Yep, that's four who people that in is. a trench coat. That is that is actually pretty fun. So all in all, I actually the more I think about this, I do think this is a pretty rich backstory to do it. As long as you can go off the beaten path. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you, it's really one of those systems where you're going to definitely have to do some home brewing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can't just go with the recipe that they give you. You have to throw some extra things into the pot. Well, I think that's it. That is Real Talk with the Pimpcron and Loremaster Alex. And I appreciate you guys listening. Take care, guys. Let's get brutal. It is time again for the segment of the show where we get brutal with the Pimpcron and discuss my free rules, use your own models, RPG light skirmish war game called Brutality Skirmish War Game. If you would like to hear more about the background of this, you have to listen to previous shows because I'm not going to cover the backstory every single episode or you'd be bored to death. Currently, we're covering the different factions, the major factions of this game. And, of course, you can make your own, but these are just the big ones that you have to play with. And they all have their own motives and, and things that they do and their own flair. So, flair. I don't know why I said it like that. Flair. So, let's get to it. This is one of my all-time favorite factions, the Collegium Carnus. And they are possibly the most vile of organizations in the goddesses realm. The Collegium Carnus is a hive of torture, necromancy, and dark technology, as well as dark arts, of course. One might think that necromancy would have no power in a place where death isn't permanent, but that isn't the case. While the sentient people of this land keep incarnating after death, the fauna in this realm lives, breeds, and dies like normal creatures. Um, The slang term for these type of creatures that you can physically kill and they don't have a soul necessarily, is um, they're called blanks because they're just, you know, they're like a deer or a squirrel or any other um, animal. They're, they don't supposedly have a soul. So necromancers trapped here have found that a resurrected bear or a zombified wraith deer can be equally as de- deadly as a humanoid. But to say that the Collegium Carnus is only interested in dark magics would be false. All manner of surgeries, mechanical alterations, and bodily, quote, enhancements are forced on their servants as well, and all who resist get their brain, quote, enhanced to quiet them down. This group is also known for being host to the most advanced and deadliest technologies to be had in this place. 
um, many a would-be looter has ended up as a brain-dead servant to these most treacherous of groups. Their base of operations is said to be in the southeast near the Bay of Wolves. Their colors tend to be black and red, though there are no official colors. The Collegium Carnus, in my opinion, is one of the coolest um, uh, armies to play in this game because of the options for you know modding and, and using models, kit bashing, and things like that. I've got some pretty cool pictures on the Facebook page of my Collegium Carnus uh, warband. And um, that is it for the official um, factions, but there's a couple others that we have to mention that are just generic factions that um, are not really factions, but generic groups of people and that are quite interesting as well. First of all, the merchants. You may not think that there are business people in such a savage and unforgiving world, but that is completely untrue. Despite this realm being a never-ending nightmare of bloodshed, rebirth, and sorrow, people still need to eat and buy things. They also need weapons and armor and other goods. That's where these intrepid peddlers come in. Being every shape and size from hundreds of different planets and dimensions, these independent dealers may be the most diverse class of residents in this game. Some set up shop near a busy footpath, while others travel the continent buying and selling wares. An experienced and hardened merchant is something to behold, both shrewd and deadly. The Even Inn may be the most famous of all merchant locations, being lasted, I mean, being lasted, having lasted, for over 600 years under the ownership of Temus the Crump. He's thrown nearly every resident of this realm out of his bar at one point or another, and many of them still walk crooked from the landing. It is said that the only reason why Ishtar allows the business to continue is due to all the bloodshed from bar fights. Or perhaps he does something else to appease the goddess. One may never know. But the point being is that merchants in this realm obviously are probably getting ambushed every five seconds. They're trying to be uh, robbed and everything else. So these people have to be completely badass. I did mention in a previous episode that maybe the... Um, the Oathsworn, the kind of U.S. Marshals uh, type of people in this realm, the, the only real police force would probably be the most badass. But honestly, it may be the merchants because people basically leave the Oathsworn alone, but the merchants, everybody makes them a target. And I have actually made a merchant model um, using the, uh, what's it called? The Agroid Thermaturge, I think it's called. Ermagerd Thermaturge is what I usually call it. And um, he just looks so badass. I built, I mean, I bought a um, a little wooden cart from the company Foregrounds, and I threw a bunch of junk in it and things like that. And I've got him on a um, a big wide base, like for a uh, Mauler fiend. And um, he's just so badass, looking over his shoulder, pulling his cart. I mean, he's he makes a great set piece in the middle of a game, and um, he looks like he could really handle his own. So that's it this week for Let's Get Brutal with the Pimpcron. I appreciate you listening. I'll catch you later.